The scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 28. First, however, let us pray. Come to us, O God, bring your word into our lives so that we might know you better, whether we are filled with confidence or filled with doubt. Help us to hear your voice. Amen. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The second Sunday of Easter is always, absolutely always, about Thomas. No matter where we are in the lectionary schedule, when it comes to today, we talk about Thomas. Now, the lectionary, I know that many of you are familiar with it, but for those of you that aren't, The lectionary is a rotating schedule of scripture readings. It makes it possible over time for us to be exposed to the full range of the Bible stories. It also puts in place a system that makes it possible for Christians all over the world to hear the same stories on the same day. When we finish that three-year rotation, we start over again. Now, it's precisely because the lectionary wants to expose us to a range of the Bible stories that it intentionally tells the story of Easter differently each year. One year, it's the anticlimactic ending from Mark. The next year, it's the glory-filled account from John. Sometimes it's the justice-oriented story from Luke. And other times the pastoral reflection from Matthew. That's the version that we read together just last week. 
The point here really isn't about which story and when it's assigned, but rather that the story itself intentionally and purposefully shifts each year. We tell the story of Easter differently each year, just like we tell the stories of Jesus's life and birth differently each year. We tell almost all of the stories differently. But what stays the same year in and year out without fail and without exception is that on this Sunday, it's always Thomas. Thomas seems to be the only part of Easter that is wholly inescapable, at least as far as the lectionary is concerned. Now Thomas's story begins as we hear it on Easter night. The disciples are behind locked doors, held captive by their own fear, when Jesus appears. Peace be with you, he says, and he shows them his hands and his side. And then he says it again, peace be with you. The disciples, of course, rejoice. But then we're told that Thomas, Thomas isn't there. We don't know where he is, just where he isn't. He isn't with the rest of the disciples. And when the rest of them tell him what they have seen, he says, well, I just can't believe it. I can't believe it until I get to see what you got to see. Unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands, unless I put my hand in the wound of his side, unless I get to do that, I will not believe. For this, he is forever known as Doubting Thomas. But the truth is, Jesus first shows the other disciples his hands and his side without anyone asking. He shows off his wounds when he encounters his beloved friends beside themselves with fear. Peace be with you, he says, and he shows them. That's what happens with Thomas, too. It's just a week later. Jesus comes and again says, peace be with you. And he shows Thomas his hands and his side. In the midst of fear and uncertainty, when questions loom large and everything seems to be going wrong, when the word on the street is that resurrection is afoot, but it seems too good to be true, when the pain is too much and the grief is too strong, when the world itself is upside down, when the disciples would give just about anything to go back to a day when everything made sense and everyone was okay. That is when Jesus appears and he says, peace be with you. Peace be with you, my peace be with you. Because look, look at my hands and my side. Look, look at these wounds. Do you see them? When he needs to offer his greatest comfort and his strongest credentials, Jesus says, look, this is where the nails pierced my skin and this is where the spear entered my side. I think the reason Jesus does this 
And the reason the lectionary insists we tell the story every year is that all of us are wounded too. All of us have places of brokenness in our lives. Now, most of us have gotten quite good at hiding it deep down behind busy schedules or picture-perfect profiles or a devil-may-care affect. And make no mistake, self-discipline and sheer willpower can overcome a good number of things. But when death comes, it comes. There is no stopping it. And death comes in so many forms. We all have parts of ourselves and pieces of life that we simply cannot fix. The unceasing prayer to become a parent that remains unanswered. The realization that we have become the type of parent we never wanted to be. Waking up alone in the house for the first time after a partner's death. Waking up alone in the house for the 400th time and feeling a familiar old ache that just won't go away. Students who are glad to return to school because it means a return to school lunches. Students who lament a return to school because it means a return to bullying. People who are discounted or dismissed because of who they are. People who are discounted or dismissed because of who they will never be. To be human is to be wounded at some point, in some way. Some of us more profoundly and some of us more peripherally, sure, but there is brokenness in every life. If I understand the text, this is why Jesus says, peace be with you and then shows off his wounds, once without prompting and once by request. You know, the truth of the matter is, if God raised Jesus from the dead, God surely could have cleaned up those scabs and scars a whole lot better. Jesus could have come back radiant and perfect, every sign of the cross behind him forever, no shadow of death about him. But instead, he comes back having defeated death, but still marked by it. It was well over a decade ago now, but it was one of those moments you never forget. I was in my first year of ministry at the First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, Michigan. But at the time, I was in Norfolk, Virginia on a youth mission trip over the summer. I was holding a ladder as a student painted the exterior of a house, and I can only assume they got at least as much paint on me as they did on the house. And that's when my phone rang. It was one of my colleagues back home, and they told me that our church's wedding, coordina wedding coordinator had been on a road trip with her three daughters, and there had been a car accident. She told me that I needed to get to Richmond, Virginia, where they all were, and I needed to get there immediately. I raced to the hospital to find out that the mother and the youngest daughter, they had died. 
and the two other girls were in the intensive care unit. The father was on his way to the airport. Stay with my girls, he told me. He arrived later that night, and as he looked at his daughters attached to IVs and machines, he asked if I knew who might have his wife's wedding ring. But then he asked what he really wanted to know. He said, how is anyone supposed to survive this? How does anyone live with this much heartbreak? I stayed with that family for five days in the hospital until the girls were stable enough to be transferred by medical flight back to Michigan. Their father and I sat together and we talked together for hours upon hours about everything from theology to reality TV. But never once did I venture an answer to his most urgent question. Because any possible response I could have offered would have been wildly inadequate. My friend Meg, who is one of the very finest pastors I know, she says, when we face the epicenter of our pain, more than anything, we want someone to understand. We want someone to get it. She says, it is simply too much to bear to be the only person who knows what such brokenheartedness feels like. Jesus shows the disciples his wounds as his way of saying, I get it. I'm with you. I have been there. I know what this feels like. I know how much this hurts. He shows the disciples his wounds in order to declare there is no brokenness, there is no injury, there is no disappointment, there is absolutely nothing beyond my capacity to understand. William Temple, who is an English Anglican priest who was once the Archbishop of Canterbury, he puts it this way. He says, the wounds of Christ are his credentials to the suffering race of humanity. But every time he shows off his wounds, Jesus also says, peace be with you. Three times, three separate times, he says, peace be with you. You see, his wounds, they offer just not understanding. They also offer peace, a prayer for and a promise of peace, a declaration that yes, we can be healed from brokenness. We can be raised up from death in all of its forms. You see, Jesus' wounds, they teach us about our own. Our wounds, they might not go away either but they will lose the power to hold us captive. And in time, maybe not today, and maybe not tomorrow, but in time, we will become defined not by our wounds, but by the love revealed in his wounds. Easter 
is about that love. And Thomas is the one who shows up every single year just to make sure we never forget it. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.